Be told. It's the storytelling comedy podcast where each episode we have a new theme and we have guests that come in, hilarious, dynamic, wonderful guests who have true stories that are related to that theme and they share them on the show. I'm your host, Lindsay Mullen, and I am as happy as a clam at high tide. Uh, the show has launched officially and we are number five on the Canadian comedy podcast charts on Apple Podcasts. I'm so stoked. I'm so excited. And we've also been featured on the Canadian New and Noteworthy on Apple Podcasts. And it couldn't have happened without all the help of you listeners and uh, the subscribing that you've got all done and the rating and the reviewing and the sharing. So Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for making my week. I was so touched. I was teary-eyed at certain points this week because I was so excited. Um, so yeah, we're back again with another hot episode. This week, the theme, the topic is very hot and sexy. It's the topic of hookups. This is the hookup episode. And by hookups, I mean, you know, casual sexual encounters you know, when you when you take a lover for an evening, when you get a little promiscuous and freaky with someone you don't even know. And we're also, you know, diving into hookup culture and what that's all about and, you know, regrets we've had. A lot of my guests today are, are women and they have uh, a lot of regrettable experiences uh, in the sack with some gentlemen. I, of course, have my own experiences with hookup culture. Um, I'm 28 now, and I'm in a serious long-term relationship. But before that, I had... How do I put this delicately? Um, <laughs> many lovers at different points. I've had a lot of casual, romantic experiences. Uh, and they varied from romantic and movie-like to just awful and sad, maybe even a little bit pathetic, you know? Um, one, one fun hookup story immediately pops into my brain. Um, I used to briefly go out with, uh, with a man named Mark. Uh, he was uh, an Irish man who had come to Toronto from County Cork, Ireland. Um, what happened was I was 21, and I was in downtown Toronto. I just moved here, and I was around Bloor Street in the West End, and it was winter and cold. And I had just left some bar where I had had mac and cheese off their menu, and I'd never eaten their mac and cheese before. And I had, um, well, how do I put this? I felt a little bit not right. Something about that mac and cheese didn't sit right with me. So anyways, I have a long walk home, and I decide to go home after my sad mac and cheese. And I'm walking the street, and I, I suddenly cross paths with a, 
a handsome man on a bicycle and he's wearing like a leather jacket and he had a, a case of beer with him, like six bottles of beer. And he rolled up to me and he has that charming Irish accent, you know, like, hello there, <laughs> kind of thing. That's how he talked. Actually, I never understood him. He always, anytime he left me a voicemail, this guy, I never understood anything he said ever. Um, he showed up on his bike and he says, excuse me there, <laughs> or however he talked. And he said, I'm looking for Clinton Street. And um, at the time, I didn't know where Clinton Street was. Uh, now I know it was only a few blocks away. But I said, I'm not from here. I don't know where that is. And he went, oh, you're not from here. And then suddenly we're having this kind of like flirty banter back and forth, me and this stranger. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, he's cute. And I, oh, the accent, that's dangerous. That, that, that's fun. And we're just kind of flirting. And then suddenly my stomach just goes, hey, Linz, we need to go. And I'm like, body, chill out. We're talking to the cute Irish guy. Let's, let's just keep talking to the nice Irish man, okay? Um, and then a moment passes and my body goes, no, Lindsay, we need to go now. And I'm like beginning to sweat. My forehead's beginning to sweat. And then suddenly it was that feeling when something just drops inside your body. Something physical drops. And it's the moment where you suddenly go, I need to shit now or it's going to happen without me choosing to shit. <laughs> like it's either going to do it or I'm going to go find a bathroom. So I... I I panic and I I just blurt out the first thing that comes to mind. I just suddenly blurt out mid-sentence, I have to go. And he went, oh, oh okay, where, where are you going? And I go, I, I've had to pee this entire time. That's what I just showed at him. And then I... He said he starts looking at me and going like, well, well wait, I, can I get your number? We should we should hang out sometime. I'd I'd like to get to know you. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, if it's meant to be, we'll find each other. And I ran away. Like I didn't walk away. I ran like something horrible had happened. And I remember looking back while running and he's just sitting on his bike looking at me like, what? And I just ran blocks and blocks away and I'm booking it, running down the street. And I am looking desperately for a bar or a business that is open, but it is late at night and everything is closed. And then that sad, horrible realization moment comes where you're running down the street and you switch your focus from finding a place that is open to just finding an alley. That's a sad moment when you're no longer looking for the door that's open. You're looking for the alley so you can just shit your brains out in an alley. Suddenly, I find like a shisha bar. I run inside. I go to the basement. Everyone's looking at me like I don't belong there because I just look completely out of place. I get to the basement. I cut the line of the washroom and I just had a horrible disgusting experience but I made it and that's the important thing and when it was all over I wiped the sweat from my brow and washed my hands and left and went okay I guess I'll do the walk home I start walking home I feel gross the way you do when you're like could this happen immediately again you know diarrhea what's gonna go on and then uh, 
on the walk home, I stop in and I buy a lollipop to make myself feel better. And it's one of those like blue um, blow pops where your whole tongue and your lips and your teeth and your whole mouth turn blue like you, you know, like a pen exploded in your mouth. And so I'm walking around. I'm walking down Bloor Street looking kind of haggard and gross. My mouth is so blue. It, it looks like I gave the cookie monster a blowjob. And I'm walking down the street, and then suddenly, and I'm in a totally different neighborhood now, I hear, hey, hello, and this loud voice yelled at me, and I look over, and it's Irish guy, and he's on the bike, and he's racing across the street on Bloor in the annex towards me, so excited that he's seeing me later in the evening in a totally different place, and he's so excited that he stops in front of me, and when he stops, the beer that he's carrying falls to the ground and all of the glass breaks and smashes and he looks down at it and looks back at me and he has a huge grin on his face and he goes, it's you, you're here, oh my God. And then he was just so happy to see me and I said, what about the party you were going to? And he said, oh, I don't care about that, let's have a drink. And we went into the Tim Hortons and we had coffee and it, you know, it's very flirty and fun and then suddenly the night took a turn and we realized, oh, you know, this is something special, and he offered to walk me home. So, of course, I, I took him up on the offer with my, my entirely blue mouth, and we, we walked all the way back to my house, and, of course, I let him come up, and, uh, you know, clothes are flying off, we're hooking up, we're doing the thing, we're about to get into it, and that's when I suddenly, it dawns upon me while I'm like, undressed and we're just making out it dawns upon me <laughs> that I haven't like checked my situation back there you know what I mean and not you know I I'm very clean person I'm sure it was fine but I suddenly get this paranoid thought the what if it's not okay back there do you know what I mean what if we start getting into it and and then he sees the backside of me and we have a disgusting situation this is a paranoid thought obviously um but i i can't get it out of my mind i'm like you have to always check before you get intimate with someone and i suddenly decided the only way i could you know enjoy the experience is if i had gone to the washroom to just check that everything is looking good um, but I didn't want to turn my back to him as I walked out of the room because I didn't want something to be there. So I said, I'm just going to go freshen up, as they say in the movies. And he went, okay. And then he was watching me leave the room and I didn't want him to see me from behind. So I did this like something straight out of a cartoon. I started doing like this backward walk. You know, this is hard to picture, but the backward walk where you do like the, you just wait there, and like moonwalked out of the room, like a total loser. And I think he thought I was being like coy and sexy, some sort of Betty Boop person. Anyways, everything was fine. Everything was clean. This is a bit of a TMI story. Everything was fine. And we had a wonderful, tumultuous uh, argument-ridden month and a half together, and um, 
you know, we had nothing in common, but wow, boy, oh boy, did we like each other's smell and pheromones. Um, and, you know, we became friends after that. He's a good guy. I wish him all the best. He still lives in Toronto. And I uh, still can't understand him when he talks. No joke. Hello there. Um, yeah, so that's my, my fun hookup story. I have many more, but uh, that was the, the cleanest one I could tell you. As you've probably noticed, I'm usually not alone in the studio. Usually I have my sound guy, Russ, with me. But right now, Russ is not here because Russ is on a uh, backpacking summer trip in Europe, you know? And he's doing what we all do when we're young, you know? We all, we Canadians all uh, want the same thing when we go to Europe. We... We want to see castles, and we want to uh, find ourselves, and we want to, you know, have sex with Australians. That's really the three things we do when we go to Europe. Uh, what is it with Australians, you know? They're always the life of the party. Every good party experience always has Australians there. And I really think Canadians and Australians, maybe it's a Commonwealth thing, they always have really sexy chemistry. But uh, anyways, in Russ's absence, I have been uh, gifted with a temporary replacement. Uh, this is Devin, my sound guy. How you doing, Devin? I'm good. You're good. Do you like uh, Do you like hearing all these hookup sexy stories today? Oh, so much. Yeah, there's you're, nothing more I want to hear. <laughs> nothing that. more than you want to hear. Are you a Are you a hookup guy, or do you love them and leave them? Not at all. I'm in a relationship right now with a beautiful woman. Ooh, um, the beautiful woman. Yeah. For me, it always ended up being very precarious situations I would find myself in. When um, you were single? Yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> someone has a boyfriend that I don't know about. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. To the point where I'm like, did you even know that you had a boyfriend? Oh, it, man. But yeah. But um, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a lifer. You like a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. I like that. Well... And how old are you? I'm 22. Well, there's plenty of time. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Each episode, I pick a quote that kind of inspires the theme. This week's quote is by a very controversial figure. You might love him, you might hate him. You might like his work, but you hate him. Who knows? Uh, Woody Allen, he has a great quote on sex. His quote is, sex is better than talk. Ask anybody in this bar. Talk is what you suffer through so you can get to sex. It's a little cynical, but I kind of like that quote. All right, let's jump in to our hookup stories. My first guest has a has a almost classical romantic type type of hookup story. It's very quirky and cute. Here it is. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm sitting with <laughs> Ashley Bodding. She is a Second City alumnus of the Toronto Main Stage. She's also a guest host and panelist on CBC's Because News and a, a musical theater nerd and has a beautiful uh, voice like a songbird. I've heard it 
It's great. Yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I, I work on it. It annoys a lot of people in the apartments surrounding me, but I don't care. Well, I love it. <laughs> um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So, you know, this theme is hookups. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to you because I know you're a hot, sexy, <laughs> single lady. In the big city. You did reach out to me personally. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's probably because she likes my wit and she, you know, she likes my voice on the air. But no, you just want some, no, you just I'm want like... some tawdry shit. Can I swear? <laughs> yes, of yeah, course. I thought, want... oh, she, I bet she has some great tales of catching some D. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> yeah, exclusively D for me, but like V for others, you know, DNV for some, a little bit of B for some. Like it really depends. But for me, it tends to be exclusively D. Yeah, you're so you're so diplomatic, and, <laughs> and and I love the way you talk about sexuality. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, in letters because I'm so mature. Although you started this, <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. So you have this great story about a, a one night stand that you yeah. had. Um, <laughs> Just jump in. Okay, so uh, I worked for the Toronto International Film Festival for many years, and I was, uh, and you know, and I would do sort of different jobs. And uh, one year I was sort of just, you know, I had a couple people I was responsible for, and I had had a very, very long day. I was up at uh, I think like six in the morning. I had some early stuff, and I wasn't done till like one thirty at night, maybe right. one o'clock. And uh, so everyone who I was responsible for had gone home and I'm in this green room at the at the uh, TIFF building and I see find this iPad and I'm like shit I'm like I don't want to deal with this like I'm not going to hand it to Lost and Found it's too valuable it's probably someone important to the festival who was in this green room right now I have to deal with this thing so you're a good person so and I'm you. a really really good person <laughs> yeah um so I'm like, I'm like what am I going to do so I figure out if I open the iPad which did not have a lock on it mm-hmm. if it had a lock on it, I wouldn't be sitting here we wouldn't have had this story <laughs> anyway so it didn't have a lock on it and I went to the messages and I just started messaging all the people in iMessage saying I found your friend's iPad this is my name this is my phone number so they kind of start responding to me and I'm like yep give him my phone number like I I'm leaving this building in 15 minutes okay. he can get it tomorrow if he doesn't get it tonight so this man calls me and he's like, hey, you have my iPad. And I'm like, yep. He's like, oh my God, I'm just around the corner. I'm at a bar around the corner. I'll be there in like 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving in 20. So if you're not here in 15, I'm out of here. So like 20 minutes later, he hasn't caught in touch. And I think I texted him or like at this point I had his number, his cell phone number. And I was like, I'm leaving. He's like, I'm around the corner. I'm just finishing up a drink. I'm around the corner. And I was like, I really question now why I waited for this guy. But I was like, fine, I'm a good person. She's a good person. So... So I, I want to sort of paint a picture for you. I was like all bedraggled, like my hair was a mess, makeup all over my face. And it had been like, honestly, a 14 hour day. I was wearing like a woolen dress and flats. I mean, it was not my finest hour. Right. Um, and, uh, and so I go down. So he's like, I'm at the door. So I go downstairs and I'm like looking through the crowd. There were a lot of sort of people there finishing up films. And the cutest man starts walking toward oh, he's, me. He's a total babe. He's a, t- he's a total, he's my kind of babe. Like he's just wow. a real, he's, a, he's got this smile and I'm like, well, I'm done. You know, I was like, I, I was going to lay into somebody for being late and, uh, you know, for not considering my time. And I was like, I can't do that now. He's too cute. <laughs> so he's like, thank you so much. And I can kind of tell he's a bit drunk. And I'm like, no, that works for me. So he's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then he's like, ah, I need to buy you a drink. I need to buy you a drink to thank you for this. And I was like, no, it's okay. He's like, come on, just one drink. And I'm like, I'm going to be dead someday. I got to say yes to this drink. Of course. So we go over to uh, we go over to a local bar, uh, bar hop. We sit down. We're outside, and you know I'm just like all smitten. But I'm like I do have to be up in five hours. But I'm like I'm all smitten. 
So we're talking, I'm like, what are you in town for? He's like, well, I'm a producer of a documentary that's screened at TIFF, but I'm actually producing another film that's hopefully going to get into TIFF next year that I'm much more excited about. And I was like, tell me about it. And he's like, oh, you wouldn't know it. It's just a film version of a really obscure small musical. And I'm like, uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, it's a musical called The Last Five Years by Jason Robert Brown. I was like, sorry, no, he said, he's like, it's a musical called The Last Five Years. And I was like, oh, you mean by Jason Robert Brown? I could sing every lyric to you right now. And he like looks at me and I look at him. Oh my God. And I'm like, well, so not only is he cute, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, well, at this point I wasn't sure if he was heterosexual. It didn't really matter. I was like, he likes Jason Robert Brown's The Last Five Years. I'm sold on this guy. So we sit at the bar and we start to sing The Last Five Years. You st- wait, wait, you just... He's shocked, yeah. and you just start. I mean, I, there was probably together? some. Do you really know it? I'm like, oh, I know it. So we just start with like, Jamie is over oh. and Jamie is gone, and uh, and so oh and so God. like. But I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like loud for the whole bar. But we were just like going back and forth, like lyric for lyric. And I was like, don't you test me? I know this musical so well. So. So like there's a comes to a point where it's like we're halfway through the musical and it's actually a really interesting musical. The way it works is um, it's about a couple and the woman's journey starts at the end of their relationship and the man's journey starts at the beginning. And they only sing solo songs that talk that basically do the chronology through the relationship, her going about backwards, each other. him going forward. Yeah. And they meet in the middle when they got when engaged. They, when she gives back an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what it sounds like, right? It's kind of perfect that that's what it's about. So. Anyways, you're singing together. What so happens? singing together. And so then he's like, it's kind of just like, do you want to get out of here? And I'm like, yeah, I want to get out of here. So we finish up our drinks. We hadn't gotten through the whole musical yet. And then we go to, he was staying at like the Sky Dome Hotel, the Rogers Center Hotel, the one that looks onto the field. Oh, for anyone not from Toronto, yeah. it, it, there's hotel rooms you can get where it's just glass and you can watch the baseball game. And there's literally outside the glass, all the seats. It's yeah. like you're in the stadium. You're in a hotel room watching a baseball game. But, I, but there was no baseball game on at, the, at this late, late hour. Still, but I always imagine if people have sex up against those windows. Well, back when it first opened, there was someone having sex against that window and then it was on the jumbotron and then then i think they had to either like make people sign waivers or change the windows or something so they were only one way oh my goodness i did not have sex against the window okay um so so we get back to his hotel room and i'm like what am i doing i have to be up so so soon but we hadn't finished the musical so we got I think we got some like food or drinks from room service and we just kept we were kind of drunk at this point and we just kept singing the musical. So you you went with a guy that, and you were both attracted to each other back to a hotel and instead of screwing, you guys burst into song and sing a musical together? Yeah, we had to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's important that both people finish. Right? Right? And oh, musicals. Wink, wink. They deserve to finish. So at this point, again, I was not sure if this was not not only was not, I wasn't sure if he was heterosexual, but I was also like, is he into me or does he just want to fill his time in Toronto? Uh, well, you know, we got a noise complaint for all the singing we were doing. That's and crazy. Um, it was pretty cute. It was pretty cute. And I think we got I think we got to the end. And, uh, you know, we both finished um, the musical. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and then we went out it for a bit. <laughs> oh, so you screwed. Well, I don't remember. I don't think it was like full on like P and V. I don't because I feel like there what we didn't have protection, but um, we did a lot of we did all the other all, all the, the other, other fun all stuff. the other you know things in the in our repertoire. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, and you know, and so like, and the crazy thing is, the last five years, the the movie was at TIFF the next year. Oh, yeah, and he had a little cameo so, in it. So wait, you had that one night? Yeah. 
And then he comes the next year. Well, to then he tip. texted me a couple nights later to see me again. But he texted me at like three thirty in the morning, and I was I was sleeping, and I got the text. I was like. I was not raised to, to take this call. I can't. I'm not leaving my house at 3.30 wow. in the morning. You're just like, we'll always have that one night. I know. And I wanted it to be this like encapsulated, ridiculous, hilarious experience. And I told one person at TIFF the next morning. I was like, yeah, I, find an, I found an iPad. Then I sang with the guy. And then we kind of went at it for a bit. She told everybody. Oh so to God. this day, there are still people at TIFF who I see sometimes who are like, they'll just say the word iPad to me. And I'll just start laughing. That's an amazing story. I really like it. It's so sweet, and like you know, I I and I, I saw him in the ca- having a cameo in the movie the last five years, and he's so cute, and uh, I just think it's such a silly, charming little hookup story. And just before we lose Ashley Bodding, Ashley, please tell us any social media you want to plug. Oh, happily, I'm on the Twitter. Oh, my handle is Ashley Botting, A S H L E Y B O T T I N G. Perfect. And I'm also on Instagram doing the stupidest stories, but they're so fun and stupid. Uh, and that's also A S H L E Y B O T T I N G. So follow me on both, and um, you know maybe I'll look up one day. <laughs> oh, hot! <laughs> knowing my knowing my choices. <laughs> I'm here with the very funny Freddie Rivas. How you doing, Freddie? I'm good. How you doing? Great. Oh, Freddie is great. He's a a comedian. He's well known in the Toronto comedy scene. And uh, you know, you have uh, rap battles. That's one of your rap battle show. We're going just for laughs this year. Oh, that's huge. Very exciting. And uh, he's uh, he's very funny. And also, he's the type of guy that. Always has like a good story. Like you think things happen to you. You have an innocence to your face that I'm like the world yeah. has happened yeah, to I've, you. I've been through a lot. Like he, lots of good stuff too. Like I feel yeah. like you would get yourself into trouble. Like a cartoon character that finds himself in situations. You have That's that fair. vibe. That's fair. Um, you have a you have a little bit of a different take on a hookup story. Yeah. A wild um, one. What can happen if it gets crazy? Yeah. Th- I guess a lot of things can happen pre and post hookup, which is what I learned from this story. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll just uh, I'll launch into it. Um, so to set the table, uh, I was always visiting my um, older, I have two older brothers. I was always visiting them in um, like when they were in university, you know, mm-hmm. obviously to party with like older people and of course how old were you at the time i was 19 Mm -hmm. and they were in like theater school you said uh yeah Uh, yeah um this was uh yeah this is miguel in theater school and um i'd always journey to kind of like hang out with him and his friends so i was well known um around like the you know the theater um like uft i guess or the theater community and uh yeah so i i partied with them one halloween and uh, growing up, me and Miguel and you know our, our family, we always went all out for Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've carried on, you know, throughout life. What were you? I was that Ace year? Ventura. <laughs> oh and no! And it was like such a detailed costume. <laughs> oh, it was like the red pants with the black stripe. Yeah, the I had the kind of like Hawaiian, um, you know, button-up shirt. Oh god, the swoopy uh, hair. Oh yeah, the, oh, the hair was like full on. I actually even had uh, a wallet. Where I would flash and I drew the like the uh, Ace Ventura pet detective. Oh no! Yeah, I was I was a loser too. So <laughs> no, that's a part great. of it. It's great. I love the um, detail. So you're there. So I'm there, uh, Ace Venturing it up. Um, you know, like you do on Halloween, and um, yeah, one of the girls from the uh, 
from the theater program kind of started hitting on me and um you know we uh went back to her place and we hooked up oh wow uh, so yeah. and hook up is sex right you yes. had some sex it was wow some, it was yes that's fun that's big it was big oh it was big time i was 19 you know what i mean like that's the I big mean, time i wasn't like a man about town so this was like a <laughs> huge deal so you have um, sex. but uh yeah so uh um, it was a scenario where, um, you know, everyone knows each other and, uh, and she lived with a bunch of people that uh, I knew. Mm-hmm. And But you um, didn't know her well. Uh, I like, knew her relatively, like like a little bit, like, like I'd partied with her before. Okay. Not very well, no. Um, and uh, in the morning, she said, uh, oh, you know, with all our, uh, my roommates and stuff, maybe you should go sleep on the couch so no one, you know you know, knows that this happened type of thing. I don't okay. think she said it like that, but I didn't see it as being that weird, to be honest, because, you know, we weren't dating or sure. anything like that. So, you know, I didn't want to overstay my welcome. But at the same time, it was like 7 a.m., so I was still very tired. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went and slept on the couch, um, and maybe a couple hours passed, and I hear banging on the door, like pretty loud and consistent banging. And I was fairly hungover. So, you know, I didn't like, like rise up and answer the door right away. So the, the, the banging really went on for a while and I got up because, you know, I had to do something, I had to answer the door obviously. And it was this uh, guy. And as soon as I opened the door, he grabbed my wrist and he said, come with me. So oh, I, no. I immediately was terrified, uh, scared and I, you know, so I started like kind of stammering and being like, what, what's going on? Like, I, I had no idea who he was or what this was about. And um, then he said, you know what you did. And I, I, I'll never forget that oh, because I got no. chills because <sighs> I didn't even know like what he, he did. He look like 21. Um, yeah, he looked like 21, 22. He was like he was bigger than me. He oh, like, boy. oh, he could have like beat the crap out of me for sure. And um Anyways, yeah, so he uh, he said, you know, you did. And, and at that time, I still hadn't even didn't really realize what was going on. And then he said, you slept with my girlfriend. Oh, my um, God. So, you know, <laughs> I just felt intense. Guilt. And you had no idea. I had no idea that she had, I had absolutely no idea. Oh, boy. And but yeah, but like it, it didn't that didn't really matter for me because I felt awful. I, you know, I just felt I, I was scared and I felt so guilty. And I remember I stepped outside and then he said, uh, he like started walking towards his car and he's like, get in the car. We're going to go for a ride. And I still had some sense about me. So I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Or something like to defend myself. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely not, sir. Um, And then (laughs) then he was like, he was like, uh, he said something to you. He said something to, to guilt me even harder. It was something to the effect of, you owe me this, get in the car, I just want to talk. And like, oh, like a, you you had sex with my girlfriend, at very least you could do this yes, and get yes, that exactly. kind of vibe? Yes. Ooh, which is problematic and weird in a lot of, of ways. 100%. Okay. Oh my God, yeah. No, you know, it's 2018 and I'm thinking about this story in a lot of different ways, Oh, sure, to be yeah, yeah. Um, He's basically saying... You did something with my property. Yes, Get in my 100%. Car. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's, anyway. Yeah, no, it's not a not a, not I, a I mean one. I don't know if he's a full on MRA type of dude. Maybe he's uh 
it's you know, the, maybe he's he's like a matured and in a better you place. You know what? But also, it is uh, to be fair to him, the possessiveness of any lover. Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, no, it was weird. Um, and uh, my last like futile defense to not get in the car was, uh, oh, I don't have any shoes, <laughs> which oh. uh, didn't matter to him one bit. He was like, just get in the car. So get I, in here, pet detective. Yeah, basically. I was, by the way, I'm fully in the costume. <laughs> Still in the costume. Fully in the costume. And um, so I get in the car. Um, it's pretty quiet for the first little bit. And he kind of gets, uh, you know, Mississauga, there's all the, like, every street has, like, four lanes. Okay. So I, I always want to call it a highway, but it wasn't a highway. And, uh, yeah, I got onto Aaron Mills or whatever it was. And... Um, one of the first things he said to me was, uh, I'm going to take you to, uh, like, a farm. Uh, I got a bunch of guys waiting there. We're going to kick your ass. Oh, my God. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. No, you can swear oh. as much as you want. Um, yeah, so, and then, you know, I went from guilt to absolute terror to, oh. you know, just feeling like the biggest idiot I could, like, for everything. you voluntarily really. got in the car. I voluntarily got in the car. <laughs> I voluntarily got in the car, and... And yeah, uh, so, so is he driving fast or something? No, not really. Like he was like, I, we were actually kind of coming up to a stop when he said that. Um, Spooky. So I just start rifling through, like, like you know, my the like the panic neurons in my brain are just going off, and I decided, okay, I gotta like say something, or I don't know what's gonna happen to me. So the first thing that came to my head was, uh, uh, I'm gonna grab the wheel and pull us into a ditch. Which oh my God. I know. I don't know if I was like serious about well, that. Well, it's fight or flight. Yeah. It was, yeah, full on. And then I just said that. And then I could tell immediately he got really afraid as well. So he right away was like, there's no farm. I have no friends. I just want to talk. <laughs> so again, like the game is just constantly changing <laughs> oh the scenario. Oh my God. Um, lo lots of feelings going on. What did he talk about? So he started asking me questions about. Um, his girlfriend and, and why we hooked up. And I basically told him like, I don't know, man, she's like two years older than me and was hitting on me. And I felt like I was really lucky, like for a bit until right now. Um, and he got kind of gradually less intimidating and more sad. Um, oh. And yeah, at one point he asked me like, what would you do? And I remember saying like, trying to think honestly and saying, I think maybe you should break up with her. Like, you know, if this was, uh, yeah, if this was how the relationship, is, where it's at for you that she felt like she needed to do this. And oh, I, I left a big part of the story out. He knew because she, when she sent me down to the couch, mm -hmm. he left to go, to, uh, she left to go to work and she worked with him apparently. Oh. And immediately told him. Oh, just like so. Then he left. Spilled work. her guts, and he flipped and yeah. went to her house to find you. Yes. Oh boy. So that adds to the you know other unsavory qualities of this gentleman. Um, but anyways, I, I I guess yeah. So when I scared him, and he kind of started opening up and asking me for advice. Did he cry or something? He or didn't was it cry. Just very emotional. It was sad. very emotional. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, it was very weird because he was angry at me, but also like felt like I owed him some answers. And I was clearly making those answers up, you know, on the spot mm -hmm. uh, with no shoes and an Ace Ventura costume. Right. To the best of my ability. And uh, it kind of it kind of normalized when I got comfortable enough to ask him 
uh, if Don Cherry lived around where we were driving. Because somebody told me that... Oh, That's Don- a great icebreaker when you're being <laughs> taken to the second location. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I, I remember just being like, you know, things are maybe okay here. Uh, maybe I've even helped him. And maybe this was for the best. So, yeah, I got comfortable enough to say, like, hey, does John Cherry live around here? And uh, that's when he was kind of like, okay, I'm taking you home. Oh, wow. And he, uh, yeah, he drove me home uh, back to my brother's house, which was in the same, like, there were townhomes uh-huh. in the same little kind of, like, uh, townhome community. And uh, you were yeah, safe. I you was lived safe. another yeah. day. I lived another day. Oh, and, my uh, God. Was so embarrassed, but um, the, but happy I was safe. That luckily, that probably wasn't your first ever hookup. I'm hoping. Um, wasn't like the first, no, no, but, uh, but it was. I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't a man about town, oh so there wasn't God. many prior to. What a wild, yeah. what a wild dude. Yeah, now I'm, I'm reliving it right I now. I know, right? I felt I'm feeling the weight. I felt the sadness of that poor trapped. Dude, a little Me too. bit. I feel oh, bad I for feel him. Sad as for well. him too. Um, uh, my last question for you before we go is: uh, Has that experience changed the way you operate when you feel like you're going to hook up with a lady, or you know, since then, did you ever change your? A hundred percent. Yeah, I uh, definitely made sure that um, no hookups afterwards. Uh, I, I made sure I was pretty certain that the person was you're single. Like, so you're making out and being <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have a significant other, right? Oh, and it, that was so weird for me in the first place because I was like the type of guy, like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, celebrating 10 years in August uh, with Caitlin. So oh, yeah, I've, I've been in a long-term relationship for yeah quite a long time. But um, prior to, I remember, you know, I, I was the type of guy who I'd be friends with someone for like a year or two and I'd be like, I like you. Right. And the girl would be like, that's weird. Like we're, well, it's too late. Let's just um, hope that uh, Caitlin's boyfriend doesn't show up. And- yeah, if he shows up after all this time <laughs> and has like an even bigger car, <laughs> bigger car. <laughs> for some reason, he's like, get in. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, Freddie. Thanks for having that me. That was awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, I run a basketball podcast. It's for uh, Raptors fans and um, basketball fans in general. Uh, it's called Confederacy of Dunks's Basketball Podcast. Ooh, okay. Um, our website is uh, um, uh, dunkspodcast.com. Uh, yes. And our uh, Twitter is at uh, dunkspodcast. So. You can find all those things on the internet. Yes. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to the panel discussion where we talk about hot, sexy, dirty, nasty hookups, regretful hookups, fun hookups, life-changing, revelatory moment hookups. I'm here with Shanda Bezik, who is an actor, director, and sometimes mime. And I'm also here with Brianna Templeton, who is an actor, a writer, a producer, and one half of the fantastic sketch duo, the Templeton Philharmonic. Hello there. Hello, Hello, ladies. Hello, Lindsay. Welcome. Um, So, you ladies, I'm so happy to have you on. You're both in different states of the dating world at the moment. Shanda, you're single. And Brianna, you're engaged. Engaged. Opposites. Opposites. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very single, and like single, not very single. I'm dating again. I've started bumbling. Oh, that's the one. Is that the app where it's like? Yeah, it's like the. Um, I, I think it's marketed towards like. 
it's the women have friendly app because the deal is is that you swipe and then if someone also swipes on you and like likes you the lady has to message first oh it's like a sadie hawkins dance of apps <laughs> is that, that kind of what it is? Exactly That's their what it slogan. is. That is their slogan. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. great. Got it. Um, and how is that for you? Do you like being the one that talks first? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much do because uh, um, even with the reaching out first, the number of messages that you get back that are like, sup. Mm. What do you do with sup? Where do you oh. go with sup? Yeah. And so I like the opportunity to send a message and go, so what are your most recent thoughts on sloths? Uh, and then they have somewhere to go. Oh, wow. They yeah, have somewhere what, they want to... Because sup is... There's nothing. That's, there's no, there's it's nothing. the equivalent of nothing. Nothing. I'm dry. You, you send me sup, I, <laughs> I am dry. We talk sloths for a couple paragraphs. I'm into it. You're into yeah. Are you on I'm Tinder? Into it. No. You don't do Tinder? No, I feel you? like Tinder is too scary. Is that like... Oh. <laughs> I feel like for my delicate disposition, like Tinder... Are you looking to hook up mostly, or are you actually looking for like the love of your life kind of... Oh, Lindsay, the what, what does... Okay. In a perfect world, I would be having like wonderful athletic sex with someone I trust <laughs> and really respect... But someone who I don't have to call, it, like, afterwards. So just a beautiful Like, just a sex. beautiful, beautiful times together. And then we go on for the rest of our lives for, like, a week. And then maybe we connect in a week. So you want a lover. I would like a lover. Which is what I, I've had lovers. They're great. Yes. Lover, oh, Brianna, have you yeah. had lovers? Is your past, is it, is your past peppered had. with lovers? Uh, it is. A few lovers in there. Um, but yeah, right now I'm engaged, which is exciting and weird. I'm still trying to get used to the word fiance. Fiance. Were you single like a long time or did you have to go through a lot of... I've been kind of through a, a, a sort of a serial monogamous type of thing, which Shanda, you were saying that that was sort of your former experience as well. But I'd also been on some uh, just uh, one-time dates type of deal as well. Uh, but that was mostly back in in terms of online dating doing i did like okay cupid and stuff like that on I my remember like okay cupid yeah, which yeah. Is still around and uh it can be great i remember really liking their like dating uh like profile like quiz about well, like what's your personality but, and then they, you would ask questions they'd ask yeah. questions like how do you feel about the death penalty how yeah. important is that to you to find a mate who who also wants to hang them high <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was so and weird. Like, what's the number of your partners? And like weird questions about like weird kind of Freudian questions as well. We were like, why does this matter? Oh God. But I remember thinking that was fascinating, having like the Myers Briggs of dating. And I feel like yeah. that must have changed quite a bit as well. Um, since then when I was I remember the most frustrating part of online dating for me was like waiting for the page to load on my like desktop computer in like, <laughs> <laughs> in, like university and I'm like change but I have quite a few um, friends who are single and using Bumble and Tinder and things like that and I am I find myself fascinated even though I'm I I'm happily engaged. Uh, to your fiancé. Fiance. Uh, which is great. <laughs> Happened on top of a volcano in Hawaii. Not right now. Oh, that wow. Would be scary. That would be a scary. But it was very um, epic and, and Beautiful. wonderful. Okay, Brianna, you seem so sweet. Do you, do you get nasty on a first time? It's happened before. I feel like... Uh, when that has happened, it's usually like second date, but I found that... 
I then tried to force a relationship out of what should have probably just been like a one or two night stand. What, Preach. What, now, what what impulse makes you want to force the relationship? Oh, because I mean, I, I'm a very sort of open person, and I have a lot of friends who you know have very casual hookups, and I'm like, that seems great. But I think for me, I realized that. Uh, this, whether it's the dopamine or whatever, I found myself then falling for that person more after having I'm, sex with I'm them. That. Even then afterwards, like five months later, and I'm like, oh, wait, we're not compatible at all. I've, yeah. I've definitely been trapped by the smell before. Yeah. Oh. Like where you have sex with someone and you have nothing in common. You can't have a real great conversation, but you trick yourself into thinking you can because after you have sex, you're like, they smell right. Yes. They're right for me. We were meant to be together. It's cosmic, but like you can't talk about anything. Exactly. And I now looking back at that, I'm like, what were you doing, baby Brianna? Um, but like, yeah, I remember there was one guy who was very, very sweet. But I remember we were, I had kind of like forced myself to like keep dating this guy because you're attracted to him. Even though I'm like, that's not the only thing. But I remember we were like reading the newspaper in the morning and then there was news about like Sri Lanka and he's like, what's Sri Lanka? <gasps> and then I was like, pardon? And then I realized that he had no <laughs> knowledge of geography at all. What's, not just where, where but, but what? what? Like he thinks it's a sandwich or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I was kind of like, well, maybe he just doesn't know about that. And I was like, well, maybe I, I shouldn't judge him too harshly, even though I'm trying not to. But then like, that but, was a red flag. And then when we broke up, that was one of his things where he was like, Brianna, you just care about the world and global, global issues. And I just don't care. And I was like, what? I'm like, that was very weird. Anyway, I was like, you're so attractive. And they're like, we should, you should be my long-term boyfriend. And then afterwards I was like, this isn't. I've had that too, where you're like, you're making excuses for them. Well, we have nothing in common. And he thinks Sri Lanka is a sandwich, but we could, we, we don't have to talk about that. No, we can just, uh, we can just smell each other and touch parts. (laughs) Right. But not for a very long time. Shanda, have you, have you, uh, have you had lots of one night stands in your life? One night stands, not so much. I, I am also more inclined to do the one night stand and then force the relationship. So mm-hmm. I feel you on that. What I am is definitely a makeout bandit. Um, oh. oh, I love a makeout. Oh, and make out at night in like a weird alleyway or like on the way oh, home or like up against a wall. Oh yeah, give me the give me the late night make out for sure. Really? Yeah, big fan. And I also I also find sometimes oh, you know, sometimes men are really great at making out and that's what they're really great at. Mm. And then it kind of ends there. Peaks, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few of those. There was uh well, it's it, the Toronto Fringe is going on right now. Back in my oh, early twenties, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm a little older now, so I'm not so much in that scene as I was in my early twenties. But oh boy, those fringe tent makeouts, fringe regrets, fringe is regrets, like the most important like rite of passage. Agreed. In independent performing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And some of the best reviews I ever got at Fringe were in the sack. They were not on the stage. <laughs> I swear to God. No, I swear to God. It's true. <laughs> okay, another thing that we should talk about is how you guys think dating apps actually affect the way you think and how it's changed dating. Any opinions? Well, 
uh, I find it very fascinating. My friends who are on Bumble or Tinder, especially if they've been on it for a little while, one seeing like, oh, who's in the vicinity? Especially, I remember once I did a road oh. trip uh, where oh, we right. were in like yes. rural Arizona and it was with a friend who was on Grindr and he's like, I'm just going to put on Grindr to see who who's in this popul this town of like 800 people who else is is who's in town who's interested type of thing but also my friends who are who have the app open just seeing them swipe yeah. and sometimes it's really surprisingly fast Ooh, where they can yeah. they can just kind of get to tell like who in the algorithm is going to be their thing hmm. yeah no i agree it's it's the swiping like when i first when i first signed up like i i guess that was like a month ago or so like it was late at night obviously because I was bored and that's why I think anyone initially signs up to Bumble but I spent about 40 minutes like an hour like doing the swipe getting my algorithm going and then I woke up the next day and I found like I was walking down the street like going to get my coffee and people were going by me and I found myself going no babe no yep no thanks you're handsome you're not and then I stopped myself and was like Shanda, no, you don't want to be dealing. You don't want to be interacting with people in this way. This is not nice Ooh, to be able very to just... Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. This is what I've been told. I need yes. to check out the Black Mirror. Um, yeah, but it was very, it's a very weird thing. And I mean, even with the OkCupid, okay you had the mm. profile to go off of. Yeah. But with this thing, it's... It's not a good time for people that have personalities that are a slow burn. Mm. It's certainly not. No, not at all. It's not. It's it's immediate. You're making your decision and you're moving on in like the, the Chandler Bings of the world are, are not going to have an easy time. I don't know. I've I've always loved the romance. I love the mm. romance. The the notion of like going into a place and like you see someone out of the corner of your eye and they kind of see you, but yeah. like and then they walk by you and you feel them walk by you and you smell them. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, good or bad. And then at the end of the night, like maybe they come out while you're having a cigarette. Not that anyone should smoke cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, it yeah, comes yeah, together feel, like you know, that's, nice That's how cute. I feel. Too. Actually, that's the reason I never really got into dating apps is because uh, every time I downloaded one when I was single... I would just feel like my favorite part of dating is gone, which is finding out if they like me. My favorite oh, hookups were yes. always the ones where we were hanging out like friends and we didn't know if this was a date. Or we were just hanging out and suddenly something changed in the energy. Yeah. And then suddenly you go home and your pants are off on the floor. And you're like, like where are we? Where who are, are we now? Are we? Oh I thought God. we were just friends. That's my favorite is that I thought we were just friends. That's I was the queen of that hookup. So somebody giving you a swipe saying they already find you attractive just all the mystery is gone you show up at a date and it feels formal i agree yeah i know what you mean to kind of have things evolve in that way is uh it's a little bit of a mental hurdle i guess but then again i'm like my parents met at like a disco in brockville ontario I which i'm like my partner at a disco so charming but then i'm like maybe that was kind of the 1980 equivalent <laughs> equivalent of Right. Bumble, I guess. It it's actually, actually there you saying that makes me realize it, it's just occurring to me now that my long-term relationship was out of a hookup that was just supposed to be huh. a bunch of parts mashing together. There you go. And um, I'm I'm sorry to his mother if she's listening. I just remembered that she subscribed. Thank you so much for that. 
Um, I love your son. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was supposed to be a, just a fun night, and we didn't know each other, and it turned and blossomed into love. So anything can happen. You guys, um, this has been a wonderful panel discussion. I feel like I've learned a lot about uh, the dating world, and I'm not even in it anymore. So uh, thanks so much for being on the show, guys. Um, I want you guys to let everyone know what your social medias are so they can find out more about you. Brianna? Uh, So I'm part of a sketch duo called the Templeton Philharmonic, along with the fabulous Gwyn Phillips. And we have an audio series coming out with audible.ca that premieres July 24th. It's called None of Our Business, and it's all about eavesdropping. So keep an eye or ear out for that on Mm. July 24th none of our business uh and you can follow us on instagram or twitter at at templeton phil yeah templeton philharmonic they're very good i'm not just saying that because i'm hosting this show and i always have to say nice things about everybody i really do mean it i i've paid money to watch them perform and that (laughs) says everything in this town Uh, shanda what's your social media uh yeah my social media is shanda bezik on instagram um you can also follow uh, my other page that's called uh, Garbage City, and that's a photo project that I've been working on, and wait, I'm not going to say much more a, about that. Wait a second, may oh, I? I know. <laughs> wait a second. I just want to say that Garbage City is an Instagram account that takes photos of garbage cans all over the city. I've been trying to figure out who that person is for like a year. Yeah, it's me. Mystery. <laughs> Seriously, I turn to Scott in bed and I go... That- that dumpster account keeps <laughs> liking my pictures. Who is it? Who is this person? They know everyone in comedy. They're following your. You're the garbage person? I'm the garbage lady. I've been taking photos of garbage cans for the last two and a half years. And I'm starting. I did my first PowerPoint presentation. And so the cat's a little bit out of the bag. I wanted to okay. keep the page anonymous. But... Wow. Go to Garbage City, folks. Go to Garbage City. So thank you so much, ladies, for being on the show. Have a good day. Thank you for having us. I'm here with Jillian Welsh. Hello. Hello. (laughs) She is, if you do not know her, a hilarious comedy lady and actress. She's Mm. currently on uh, the Second City Toronto National Touring Company. And uh, also she's a part of Cherry Beach Comedy, which is like a sketch group that performs at Bad Dog. They have a show July 26th. Yeah. We'll remind you later. Yeah. Hey, Jillian, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Jillian. Oh, and I want to also say Jillian's been featured on This American Life. Oh, which I mean, this is definitely the low rent version of This American oh. Life. So we're so happy to get her on. Uh, Jillian, you have a great hookup tale. Tell yeah. me all about it. It's it's epic. Um, so actually, I just have to give you like a little background. So I loosely dated this guy mm-hmm. while I was in school in New York City. Um, oh, and so then this he, is you going back to yeah, old territory. Going back to old territory. And he moved to L.A., so obviously we broke up when that happened. Um, and then we, when I moved to Toronto, we would talk every once in a while on the phone, but we kind of lost contact. And then last year, out of the blue, he messaged me that one of our good friends from school was getting married in L.A. where he lived, and he needed a date for the wedding. How, okay, how long had you been apart by like, this time? Oh, probably six years. Like what? Six years? Okay, yeah. and, and was it like did you end on bad terms or? No, we didn't necessarily end on bad terms. It just kind of like you know things just kind of like peter out. I mean, we weren't together. We just kind of. I've heard of that happening. Out. Mine, mine's usually a giant explosion and door slamming. Yeah. But okay, <laughs> it petered out. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got this message and I thought about it and I was like, hey, I've, I've never been to L.A. Uh, uh, and the wedding sounded really cool. It was in this place called Carmel, which it was like Ooh. super fancy. Anyway, so I was like, yeah, he offered to pay. So I'll like, I'll go. Oh, a little vacation. Yeah. You knew you were going to hook up yeah. and you're like, this is kind of fun. Pretty much. Like okay. I knew what I was getting into. I was between relationships. I was like, it was, you know, wintertime in Toronto. Give me some sunshine. Give me some vitamin D. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> She's talking about other stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I got off the plane and like there he was and he looked so cool. Uh, yeah, he had like these aviator glasses on. He had this like badass leather jacket. Uh, he took me to his car and he was driving this like Austin Mini, but he could like fold down the, the the roof. And then we had to drive from LA north to Carmel and I looked in the back and his guitar was in the back. So I was like, okay, hey. And we are staying. Wait, this gets you turned on? (laughs) Everything about what he said grosses me out so much. And then he started playing Wonderwall, and it was so sexy. It should have been a red flag for sure. Uh, So we're driving, but we're talking, you know, and and it turns out like the peter out uh, had happened because he was battling with alcoholism. Um, and he had become sober, which is awesome. And he had done like a lot of soul searching and finding himself. And where he really found himself was in the Joe Rogan po- podcast, mm. um, which should have been a bit of a red flag. I I've think. never actually listened to it, but I yeah. see their number one on the podcast list. Yeah. And which no yeah. offense to Joe Rogan, but it was just, you know, when you're in a car with somebody who you barely know, zooming four hours uh, outside of L.A. and they start talking about how a man should have a lot more testosterone. Oh, wow. Um, Is that what Joe Rogan talks about? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, Something about like eating salmon, eating uh, salmon, eating salmon to give you more testosterone. I just like the part where you said he he had really found himself after getting sober and all I could picture were those stupid aviators. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he's talking about testosterone. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's beautiful. We're, we're like driving through Steinbeck country. I'm a huge Don Steinbeck fan. So it was just like, it was gorgeous. I was having a great time. The conversation was good. The music was great. I mean, yes, we were listening to a lot of Hotel California, but like, no, I was in the place. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So we stopped uh, to eat a meal and... Um, the strangest thing happened that I, I hadn't experienced where he sat down and he just ordered for me. And uh, I had never had anyone do that. Um, Did it turn you on or offend you? Or uh, both? Offended me. Uh, just because I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy my independence and I like making my own decisions. And What did he order for you? Uh, he ordered like the style of breakfast. So he just assumed that I still liked my eggs the way that I used to. Like... Yeah, ordered my coffee black for me. Um, wow. Yeah. That takes a lot of gall. And then things started to kind of change, and I realized that when he had known me before and we had maybe dated for that brief little bit, he had probably kind of known me to be, like, the person that would live up to whatever his expectations were. So, and I realized that I had had my own personal growth uh, voyage where I had become this fearless, independent woman who knows how to order her own coffee. Well, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, hey... We are on a road trip, and it's beautiful. And, and we're trapped together. You we were trapped together. <laughs> so, uh, And he starts telling me about where we're going. And Carmel is like this bizarre, beautiful place, but the houses don't actually have any numbers. So we're staying in this home called Twin Pines, which sounds like I'm about to get murdered. Yeah. Uh, but we find it, and... Um, 
yeah, then here I am alone in this beach house with this guy. Uh, and yep, I did have sex with him. Well, yeah, I was I, into it. I it get was, it. yeah. I've done the same thing where you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, we're gonna have a, a rendezvous for a few days together, and then suddenly you realized you haven't been close or in that amount of, um, you've never hung out with a person that long, yeah, and suddenly you're, it, it, it's weird, yeah, but the sex was good, of course, so it was a conflict, sure, <laughs> in my own brain, um, but obviously he had worked on that part of himself. Uh, and I don't know if Joe Rogan helped with that, but good, good job. Good job. Yeah, salmon. Um, salmon, salmon. Yeah, the salmon. But, uh, and the wedding the next day was, was lovely. Getting ready for the wedding, uh, I came out with a dress that I had bought, and I could tell by the look on his face that he didn't like what I had chosen. So we went and got me a different dress for the wedding. Whoa. And it started to become very clear that I... He had chosen me to come as his date because he had something to prove to these people. So I guess he had like really fallen apart with alcoholism in front of them. And my job was to come and to be this like beautiful, perfect date to show them that they really had their life together. So all of a sudden I was aware of what my role was. And there were very controlling aspects about his behavior of like what I would eat. Um, yeah, where I would go. Uh, so it was weird, and I'm in Carmel, not even in L.A. anymore. But we have a great time at the wedding. The table was full of like these really awesome people, like some cast members from Days of Our Lives, which I died because oh I goodness. loved that show. Uh, yeah, and the next day uh, we go to drive back, and it just it just starts to get to be too much. Uh, he starts to make comments on like my caloric intake. Um, I run long distance, and uh, so I love to eat a lot. Uh, but he starts like commenting on whether or not I should put certain things into my body. Uh, and we sorry, how many days have you been in this stop. person's presence? This is probably about we're at about two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh boy. Oh yeah. And then I just it started to well up in me. So while we're driving back, I pretended to be asleep for oh two hours. God. I pretended to be asleep. But I thought, I don't know anybody in L.A. and let's like try and make the best of this experience. You know, the sex isn't that bad. Maybe I'm not really enjoying the human being as a whole, but I'm in a beautiful place. Uh, so we get back to L.A. and the next day we're going to go to uh, walk up to the Hollywood sign. Mm -hmm. And he's got it all planned out. He has this like... He says that he's been there a thousand times. He's got this like structured plan. Uh, we get to the base of the like Hollywood mountain, and he's like, "This is for sure where we have to go up." But it, you know, when you like look at a hill and water, when it rains, water runs down. It makes those like little uh, divots. I want to call them, or like oh, they look little like channels, of little water. channels where yeah. the water goes down yes. the sides of a mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was pointing at one of those as the path that we should hike up to the Hollywood <laughs> side. And everything inside me was like, this is, I know what this is, this is not the path. But he was so insistent that he knew where uh, we were supposed to be going and I wasn't supposed to question him. So I started climbing up it. And I'm in a dress, but I'm wearing Spanx, so I don't care because I'm a country girl. <laughs> um, and he's having a very hard time making it up. Uh, so he's super out of breath. And we get to the top. And when we get to the top, I look over at the other side and I see this flat, paved path. That was clearly the path that we were supposed to be on to take up. Oh, man. And I couldn't stop laughing. I I couldn't stop laughing. And please he, tell me this is near the moment that you well, that you snap <laughs> this person. Well, he told me he uh, I pointed out the path and he said, Now don't be mad. And I wasn't mad until he told me not to be mad, and then I was mad. 
But he had an audition way on the other side of L.A. So I was like, you know, I can just finish the, the climb on my own. You go off to your audition. You don't want to be sweaty for it. Uh, so I had the most beautiful hike by myself. I went from the Hollywood sign all the way to the Griffith like observatory. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I found my zen again. And I was like, you know what? I can get through this next like two days. I can do this. Oh, no. I believe in me. I can do it. So uh, he picks me up and we go and he makes dinner. And I'm answering like a couple of emails. And I guess like my answering his emails and not really paying attention to him offended him. So he makes this dinner, uh, and he didn't like the way that I was eating the dinner. He said that I was eating it too fast, or uh, I was oh really God. scarfing it down. Um, and I had I had purchased cheese, too, for a picnic the next day. That's an important. Uh, so after I was scarfing it down, then finally I just, something in me just snapped. Um, <laughs> and Thank God. <clears throat> I told him uh, he was... He wasn't treating me very well, like he was uh, being a misogynist. Um, and I started to explain to him like why his behavior was offensive to me. And he cut me off in the center, told me why he didn't know that I hated men, but he was a feminist. Uh, proceeded to describe oh, man, oh, how man. much of a feminist he was. Which if anybody ever has to describe to you uh, how much of a feminist they are, they're, they're probably not. Uh, I love it when uh, a guy yells how much of a feminist he is at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just, like really convincing. Uh, Yeah, so I waited and I listened and I nodded and then I said, you done? Great, it's going to take me about five minutes to pack up all my stuff and then I'm going to go and stay with a friend. That's good. Yeah, and I I didn't actually have a friend in L.A., but I was just like I had to get out of there. What a great time to make a friend. Yeah. I I took everything, including my cheese. Uh, He insisted on walking me out, and the sun was setting. Uh, And I just looked at him, and I uh, shook his hand, and I wished him the best of luck with the rest of his life, and then I just walked away. Um, But I had no idea where I was going because I'd never been in L.A. before. So I went to a bar. uh, I summoned an Uber, and I ended up, like, in the downtown, like, Hollywood core. Um, I had this like second city duffel bag with me and I was wandering around and I found like the second city uh, Hollywood location. Oh yeah, okay. Went in, pointed to my duffel bag like it was cred. They did not care. They did not care at all. Um, <laughs> but I just asked where the nearest hostel was and they were very kind and pointed me into the right direction. Uh, and I, with my cheese, befriended this group of amazing badass Australian women and proceeded to have like the best two days of my life partying and I hooked up with a British man whose name I don't know but See, he was lovely. the Australians, the British, everyone in the Commonwealth. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. They're great. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Jillian. Yeah. What a what a what a liberating moment. Oh yeah. Did it really feel like a turning point in your life? Oh for sure. And I, there were so many red flags along the way, like especially when he was like Babe, you should take a picture of my guitars. Because he had all of these guitars on a wall and thought I should take a picture of them. (laughs) Um, Here's a a question that I think will say a lot um, in the answer. Uh, How old were you when you first got with this guy? And how old were you when you had this new moment? Uh, 19 Mm -hmm. and 26. Yeah. Yeah. isn't that the difference? Right? Yeah, yeah. That's just like a I'd whole say it's the same for me. Like yeah, there were I read I went back to old loves and a few yeah. times and I went ah yeah. 
And it's interesting when they don't grow sometimes. And yeah. sometimes you feel like you did a lot of growing. Yeah, it's fascinating if like a certain dynamic can be frozen in time and for a moment you slip back into the old version of yes. yourself. Yes. It's so very weird to feel. Yeah. 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 And then to like find your way back out of it. Realize it doesn't fit anymore. No. That's fascinating. No. I like this story. It's uh it's it's a little slice of uh, reality I think a lot of ladies go through. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for um, having me. Please Tell us uh, your social medias and uh, tell us more about Cherry Beach Comedy real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Cherry Beach is a, a badass comedy coven. Uh, we're four women who just write sketch comedy. Um, yeah, we love hanging out with each other. We're best buds. Uh, and we're trying to take down the patriarchy. So, yeah. That's great. <laughs> and uh, um, social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram as Jillian, but with a Y. Uh, Jill Pickled on Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. And that concludes our episode on hookups. Woo. That story by Jillian Welsh. It's a little bit um, too relatable for me. Uh, It really hits close to home. Uh, And I think it probably... Hits close to home for a lot of ladies in their 20s. I, uh, I'm i really happy with the experiences I had when I was single. I Even the bad ones, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I think I would feel regretful if I didn't have a wild part of my 20s. Um, but I'm happy to be monogamous now. I'm kind of happy not to be a part of hookup culture. It just looks exhausting. Because I remember every time I had like one day of passion and excitement and, and sex with somebody new, uh, it would be followed by like 20 days of pining and sadness. So that ratio doesn't really work for me now. Oh, what a great show. Thank you to all my guests who made it a great show today. Um, thank you to Ashley Bodding, Freddie Revis, Shanda Bezik, Brianna Templeton, and Jillian Welsh. You guys were fantastic. I also want to let you guys know about the Sonar Network. They are this um, Toronto podcast collective, essentially. And um, they just, they, ha- they create so much great work and they kind of have created a community of podcasts in this city and they're making people know how great Toronto is for podcasts. Um, I want to thank them because they really helped launch Truths Be Told. They gave me all the technical assistance and um, promoting assistance and they've just been there from day one. So if you're looking for podcasts to listen to, Go to uh, the Sonar Network's website, which you can find on Google, uh, and look at all the different podcasts that come out of Toronto. They're fantastic. Some of them include um, Spooked, which is an improvised horror story podcast, which is very funny, and they just make something up from scratch every time. So if you're a fan of improv and you like horror, look up Spooked. Also, if you're hungry for more sex, you know, you heard this episode and now you... You just want to hear some more sexy stuff. Uh, look up the Bed Post podcast. Uh, the host is Erin Pym, and she just has a really uh, healthy way of talking about sex and sexuality. It's really open. She covers tons of different 
topics in the world of sex, give her a listen. She's great. I also want to thank uh, Matthew Reed for coming up with the music for the podcast. I also want to thank Catherine Fogler. She took the photos for my podcast artwork. Thank you to Kurt Furla. He was the graphic designer on my podcast artwork. Eggplant Picture and Sound. They're the reason I'm recording this right now at the beautiful Pacific Junction Hotel. Thank you so much to them for making this happen. Thank you, guys. Thank you also to my sound guy, Devin. He's wonderful. Um, He's done such a great job today. Thank you, Devin. He's giving me a thumbs up. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Linzomullo. That's L-I-N-D-S-O-M-U-L-L-O. We're also on YouTube now. Just search Truths Be Told Podcast and you'll find us. If you feel so inclined, please tell your friends. Uh, that's that's the best way to get the word out about Truths Be Told. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell somebody about it. Uh, of course, uh, subscribe, rate, review if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, tell friends that you think would really enjoy this show. And if you hate this show, well, you know, keep it to yourself. It's always nice to have private secret thoughts as well. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.